You're listening to episode 32 of the Cloud Evangelist podcast channel. Thanks for taking time out your day to download this file. And we've got a humdinger of a podcast for you today. Some people say sometimes we don't get technical enough. Well, not guilty this week. I'm joined today by James Strachan. And James is a heavyweight who joined Red Hat from FuseSource as part of the FuseSource acquisition. James has been around even longer than I have in open source circles. He was an Apache committer for over a decade. He was the guy who created the Groovy programming language. You know, he co-invented Apache ActiveMQ. He's been involved in Apache Camel, Service Mix, Scale Lake, Jackson, Apache Caraf, Maven, Lyft, Jersey. The list goes on. You know, what he hasn't dabbled with isn't worth knowing about. So we were both at a JBoss event in London about a fortnight ago and I was doing some internal Red Hat podcasts and James was lurking. Barbara May from Red Hat thought, hey, let's get a microphone in front of him. And next thing you know, uncomfortably enough, he was sitting in front of a microphone, not knowing what was about to happen. And we recorded what we thought was going to be 12 to 15 minutes of talking about FuseSource. In the end, we did a tech deep dive. We got about 25 minutes and I really don't want to cut it down. I wanted to bring it to you as the discussion actually formulated as it happened. Uh, had a great time talking to him. We're both over in Bruno and Czechoslovakia at the big uh, developer summit, developer conference this weekend. So that should be good. We should get some more material out of that. And I've got two more podcasts coming up this week. One talking to Robin Bergeron from Fedora. The other one talking for, to, to Ross from TenGen, talking about NoSQL and big data goodness. And we've got a whole host of stuff that we're going to be bringing you over the next two to three weeks. So thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Here's the podcast I recorded with James. Enjoy. You're listening to another podcast that we're recording at Stationers Hall in London. And I'm joined by James from FuseSource. It's part of the acquisition. You always get the best talent joining Red Hat. It's how we grow. James, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm James Strachan. Uh, I came from FuseSource. I've been with FuseSource since it started. Um, I'm a long-time open-source kind of geek guy. Uh, I created the Apache Camel. A kind Camel. of geek guy. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a serial <laughs> kind of open-source geek, I suppose. Uh, I created the Groovy programming language. Okay. Uh, I created Apache Camel. Uh, I work oh, on Apache Camel, Camel. That yeah. rocks. Apache Camel is awesome. Um, but they despite me. Uh, uh, yeah, and now I work on lots of various tools. So you like a modular approach to things then generally in life? Yeah, I like things to be easy. But, uh, <laughs> There's it, nothing yeah. easy about Apache uh, at all. Uh, well, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so FuseSource has brought a lot of goodness into, into Red Hat. I mean, with the whole JBoss... The, I have a, a wallpaper on my on one of my main workstations which has every JBoss project on it. And sometimes I look at it and it's this cacophony of noise from Hornet MQ and Picket Link and yeah. Picket Post downwards. So FuseSource comes in, it's got all these customers out there and these use cases and you know, US federal air traffic control and Walmart, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You could have balls the size of camels just to try and tender for those sort of contracts. So what made FuseSource mm. different in order to get you in the door? By the way, I, I always said I'd never do anything with uh, nuclear power stations or defense. And uh, now the FAA is using our software to fly planes. And Only above 10,000 feet. Uh, yes. So now <laughs> I'm actually scared ones. to fly to the States now. Yeah. Please don't fly to the States. No, it's <laughs> scary. No, um... I, well, I think it's just it, if you write open source software and it's pretty good and people like it and they find it useful, yeah. um, uh, people get pretty comfortable with it. And the more people use software, the, the more bugs people find in it, the, the better it gets. I mean, software I, I, gets better through use. 
I, I wrote a thing called Smoothball, which has been out there for donkey's years as a Linux firewall, and it's used in like, every single US school district and every school, and a huge amount of schools in the UK and across the world. And uh, it always scares me that this thing that I wrote in my back bedrooms now, 32 million networks, and I think, oh, God. Never it's supposed kind to get of scary, out. yeah. But I guess all software is riddled with bugs, and all you can hope for is it gets used a lot, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. The, they all get nailed at. So, talk to us about the whole few source angle to cloud. That's a really good question. Yeah. So we've generally been in the integration space for years, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the cloud people have focused very much on kind of web apps where things are a little bit simpler. You have like an IP low balancer or, or mm-hmm. sticky IPs and loads of Tomcats running a web app or whatever. Life's a bit easier in the cloud. All you've got to figure out is where's your MongoDB or whatever your web scale database is. Mm-hmm. Um, integration tends to be really difficult. Most enterprises have hundreds or thousands of different services scattered mm-hmm. all over the network. Services have different levels of auto scale and scaling, and uh, some of them you can only run two of them, some of them can only be one of them. And this is why you, go, yeah. you get an expensive Tivoli or NetCool consultant yeah. to come in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally <laughs> managing thousands of different pieces that all need to work together is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and we tended to write all of our software bottom up. So we wrote a message broker first, ActiveMQ, then we wrote an integration framework, Camel, and we gradually built up an. What we found after a while, our customers were really struggling to do large deployments of our software. Some of the uh, three of the biggest five retailers in the world use our software in every store mm-hmm. to talk to every uh, regional data center and then globally communicate all of their product and sales data, which and is pretty scary. And this is all in real time where in a connection time, is available. In real time. And then they all do store on forward. So if a store's offline for a little bit, it'll come back. It'll go over slow networks and so forth if you're in South America. I mean, that, that's the trick, isn't it? Getting it to queue and knowing when to purge exactly. that queue when so, you I mean, come back is, online. But, but the, what we found was as soon as people started going crazy scale, it's quite tricky provisioning and configuring and managing all this stuff. And it's not just the traditional kind of Tivoli, HP OpenView kind of yeah, yeah. alerting when, type management when, type. when starts. It's how do you configure all this stuff? How do you know everything goddamn is so it can start up? So then Tivoli can see it. It's, it's like, how do you wire this stuff together? So um, we thought a lot about it. We saw the whole cloud thing and we loved the cloud thing and everything, but we didn't really see cloud helping that much for this issue of integration. Hmm. So we, we, we built an open source uh, project called Fuse Fabric. We're in the process of moving it to Apache, uh, hopefully. Um, and that's going to sit in the incubator once it's done. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think, think so, so, yeah. yeah. We, we, we shall see how that goes. But You're very brave because when you start having those licensing discussions and, you, and you've given birth to something and all of a sudden you hand it over to, to be looked after by someone else, it's always... It's always difficult. It's, and there's a lot of politics there in, is, yeah, in, yeah. In, in places like Apache. But, uh, so Fuse Fabric really is, is our attempt at almost doing a top-down way of how can a company say, I'd like to provision 10,000 message brokers, please, mm-hmm. and I'm going to slightly configure them differently on the East Coast and the West Coast of the States to in mm-hmm. Europe. And uh, maybe the European things are going to talk to a different central cluster and so on and so forth. How do you, how do, you do this top-down configuration that can run on any cloud. You can boot this thing up, boot up 10,000 machines on EC2 or whatever, or OpenShift or whatever. How do you physically get integration software to, to wire itself up? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a kind of a tricky thing. Um, and we kind of riffed on it. And what we tried to do was figure out what's the smallest thing we could build, the lightest weight footprint of something that would solve this problem and work with any cloud. Some people use cloud, some people don't. Some people use virtualization, some people don't. Um, we wanted something that would work in any cloud with any virtualization on any operating system. So we wanted something really small and a bit of Java. And to be able to bridge to other registries. If you're using Cloud Foundry or OpenShift or whatever, there's a bit of a registry in there. We could reuse that. Um, and basically, Fuse Fabric is kind of simple. It's, it's kind of simple. It's kind of simple. There's three things. It's, uh, there's a registry. 
Um, there's configuration in the registry, and then there's an agent that responds to the configuration. And that's kind of it from a high level. I mean, it's not that complicated from a high level. The registry we picked was Apache Zookeeper, which is used yeah. on all the Hadoop projects and so forth. It's a really good... It's well-documented. Highly available yeah. HA registry with quorum and so forth. It's event-based. Registry is a bad word. I hate registry. People think UDDI and all sorts of hideous crap that just mm -hmm. doesn't work. Here we think of it as an in-memory cache of where stuff is. It's a real-time in-memory cache of where stuff is, and who's the master, who's the slave, who's controlling the eastern cluster of message brokers or whatever. So right. it's got federation in it, it's got coordination in it, and it's got configuration in it. So it's a really simple, small Java library. We boot up a cluster of, say, three or five of these things. Every JVM then just starts up and joins the Zookeeper cluster uh -huh. and says... Hey, I'm a JVM. Um, I'm Agent Cheese. What should I be today? And the the broker, the, the the registry basically says, you're a message broker today. Provision yourself as a message broker. Your version 5.8.1. Uh -huh. Install the code. Boot yourself up. Here's your config. Then the agent watches the registry. So if anybody changes the version of anything, the configuration of anything, uh -huh. um, it updates in real time. So we have real time patching, real time rolling forward and rolling back. If you need to do any change to a cluster, a configuration, a shape, a federation, a policy, a, a apply a software patch, whatever it is, change a thread pool size, uh -huh. any change is versioned in the registry, um, either with Git or source control. Um, you can roll forward or roll back any agent or container in, in the cluster. You, uh -huh. can, you can get brave and say, hey, let's change 10 machines. If, leave it for 10 minutes. If things look bad, let's roll it back. So we can roll forward and roll back changes. And these changes are inside a VM. So from a cloud perspective, we're making incremental real-time changes to the contents of a VM. Uh -huh. So you can have one VM image, boot it up on a thousand machines, and deploy all of your integration solutions to that thousand machines with failover and auto-scaling and auto-sharding, uh -huh. yada, yada, yada. Um, and really, this is a fairly simple thing. But, but having this simple level of runtime discovery and configuration has been incredibly useful for our customers. Uh -huh. So we have command line tooling. We have REST-based tooling. We have a web app for managing all this stuff and visualizing and stuff. We've got Eclipse tooling. So we wow. have lots of tooling for interacting with this stuff. Right. Um, but really, at its core, it's just Apache Zookeeper. So you can use this registry for anything you like. You can put your own business logic configuration in here. You, know, mm -hmm. you can um, put your own master slave and clustering and federation in here. It seems as scale grows, we all need to do federation and we all need to do clustering and we, we all want to co-locate. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the, the European services should talk to European services, not East, you know, American services. We, mm -hmm. should, we should increasingly have better federation and coordination. And cloud by itself doesn't really help for that. I mean, it, there's things like dynamic IP that can help. Sure, 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 sure. You still have a whole heap of stuff to do so so you the, the problem we have is that you're one of one and we can't clone you legally yet um so have you had a chance to sit down with any of the solution architects in red hat to talk about yeah this? we we've had uh, lots and lots of awesome chats um we, and we have a lot of work to do quite frankly i'm, I'm hoping we can unify with uh, the jboss domain controller team and, mm -hmm. and at least align in some sense with those uh, we love OpenShift and CloudForms and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to align with those. Have we, you managed to ha sit down and get desk time with the OpenShift and CloudForm guys here? Yeah, that's hope, hopefully happening pretty soon. Okay, uh, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them this podcast this afternoon and then they can go and listen to it as a subtle hint. <laughs> well, so, it, James Lavocchi will be sitting there frothing. He'll be very excited about this. So uh, if you're an OpenShift open kind, of, kind of person, yeah. um, uh, Fabric is a cartridge that runs in OpenShift yeah. today. Okay, it, we don't have a release here. It's a DIY cartridge. But right, okay. Pass over that bit. Most it's, of the cartridges it started out DIY. It runs as a DIY. cartridge, yeah. uh, and you can boot it up. 
Um, the missing bit and the bit we really, really want to do is to do a bi-directional bridge between OpenShift's registry and Fabric's registry so that, for example, we can expose to OpenShift where the message brokers are so that OpenShift cartridges can reuse Fabric's registry from OpenShift land. So we can inject environment variables into other cartridges in OpenShift yep. without it knowing anything about Zookeeper or Fuse or anything. So we should it's be able to do... It's a way of doing it, actually, and also yeah. quite lightweight and transparent. And technolo technology agnostic, really. We, we should be able to bridge bi-directionally any section of our registry with uh, uh, OpenShift's and really raise the tooling abstraction so that you know we can have a federated... AMQP, Stomp, this, this is one of the sort of technologies that VMware was looking for to try and develop when they were looking yeah. at the whole vCloud vDirector thing. It just has never happened. Yeah, I mean, we, we, as soon as kind of Cloud Foundry came out before the acquisition, we thought, oh, this could be good. And we looked at it and everything. And uh, it wasn't it kinda, I think it kind of requires, you know, Rails and a, a SQL database at the core. Which is which incredibly is, heavy way of doing it. It's kind that. of, uh, we wanted something really simple and lightweight, really, that, that can just. Uh, boot up on any cloud without any persistence required and just start. Um, I mean, pl plus even, I mean, right now we, we've used the idea for Zookeeper registry at the core. I think increasingly a lot of our customers have really dodgy network connections and Zookeeper is not amazing over crap networks. Uh -huh. So I think over time what we'll end up is, is a federated cloud of fabrics where we bridge the, the registries. fabric queue manager built into uh, it? Some description. Because well, how do you control yeah. latency and networks disappearing? Okay, let, let me take my fabric hat off for a second yeah, yeah. and put on my Fuse iPads hat on for a second. <laughs> so what we're working on in the Fuse team very much going forward um, is really how to make all the Fuse technologies, so messaging and integration and all this kind of awesome stuff, how to make this stuff just trivial to use in the cloud. So it just starts up and you don't really need to w worry about it. It just kind of works under the covers. Uh -huh. uh, and so there's lots of details like how should I federate my message brokers and how should I do store and forward and how many brokers should I do have and how many replicas do I need and how should I configure my message brokers based on my requirement? All yeah. of these kind of issues, uh, customers shouldn't have to worry about this. There should be no. just a service which could be on-premise, it could be hosted, whatever, that it just works, right? So we, we, we want to take away... Um, a lot of our customers right now go on, on you know, ActiveMQ training courses for a few days. Well, yep. that's cool and all, and we are awesome at training, and that's yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. and ActiveMQ is awesome. But what we really want to do is say, look, here's the iPaaS cartridge mm -hmm. or VM if you're on EC2 or if you're using OpenShift or, or Cloudforms or whatever, ManageIQ. Here's the thing, cartridge, click a button, you it have a works. messaging service, it just works. Yeah. And under the covers, it does all the clever stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's really where we're going, and it sounded for years a pipe dream, but really... As soon as we'd created Fabric, we immediately realized that solves most of all the hard issues we have. It's now really easy to look at the cloud, look at the Fabric, see what it's doing, and then do things like auto-scaling, then do things like cluster rebalancing or federation changes or saying, I think we maybe need to grow the, 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 the European messaging cluster. Uh -huh. Or we have a message broker over there that's got too many consumers. Let's rebalance the broker network or whatever. Let's federate our message brokers. Uh -huh. So I think a lot of the hard problems we've had for a long time with Fuse, having a cloudy iPazzy focus with Fuse Fabric and the various cloud technologies at Red Hat, I think we can do a really good job having an awesome, easy to use iPads. So messaging just works. And, and it also fits in around the whole introspective alerting, monitoring and governance piece Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Because ManageIQ come to the table with their solution but backed up with the whole cool Java platform yeah. stuff that yeah. you know, ManageIQ doesn't necessarily do. Yeah, one of the problems we've often had with Fuse technologies and uh, things like John and we used Hyperion before John yeah, yeah, yeah. is 
how do generic tools like that discover what's running and not just what's running like oh I found an application server here it's like well it's not just an application server that's that's part of the European message broker cluster for yeah. the finance department. Yeah. So it's 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 not just discovering a piece of technology; it's understanding the logical uh, uh, requirements of that piece of technology. The Fabric model knows what everything is. It knows the profile of every JVM. It knows what it's there for, why it's there. It knows its priority. It knows if it's a slave or a master, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to bridge. We've already got a bridge to John and and, and the RSQ stuff. So mm-hmm. we we can take the Fabric knowledge what's running, where it's running, how it's behaving, we can automatically consolidate all the statistics on a per-profile basis. Yeah. So we can say, what's the global throughput rate of all of the message brokers? The message brokers on the so East from Coast. From a capacity the management the finance, perspective as well. We can join the so capacity management. It's like and a the Swiss Army knife, isn't it? It's awesome. Well, it, it's... It's how do you add real business semantics onto your monitoring solution, which has always been. But, a but from a alerting perspective, hard. you can almost see visually where your bottlenecks are. Exactly, exactly, and and you've got a way. As, so Fabric uses this thing called profiles, right? Which yeah. is just like a kind of container. So rather than having to con- configure a thousand JVMs, you can say, oh, I'm running some message brokers and, and some ESBs. I have two kinds of things to to configure that's a profile. Profiles can inherit from other profiles. So you can say, let's have a European message broker. And you might configure things slightly differently in Europe. These tags or profiles, you can actually use them for semantic markup. So we can tag groups of machines. Right. So we can use any kind of tag. We can tag machines with the department they're in, the location, the geolocation, the the kind of machine it is. And then all of these profiles are then mirrored to the operational statistics. So all the stats are uh, consolidated automatically by profile. So mm-hmm. you can immediately look at your entire tree. So if you make a modification or change to a group or cluster, it just, it just happens. It. Your stats are just updated in real time. So you don't have to sit there and classify all these goddamn JVMs all the time, which you typically have to do. You know the people the listening moment. to this podcast are going to be thinking of new use cases that you've never even thought of. Yes. We're, I'm, we're I, digging a hole here. Every time I talk about this with customers, <laughs> customers come up with, oh, we could, for example, uh, customers have got custom bits of code they've written that does rack deduction based on the IP address yeah. which rack is it in well just tag the rack of this new profile yeah. write a piece of code listen to the profile it's just a registry entry just a registry entry just update yeah. Zookeeper and everything just kind of works so being able to tag just tag processes dynamic processes inside your cloud tag them and have that bridge to your monitoring system is amazingly powerful I mean, it's but also awesome. to be able to do that you know as you said you've the US federal Aviation Authority are using this now. So from a, a due diligence perspective, we already have use cases out there in the government space. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you, as a, uh, you've got to be really brave to start tendering for a contract that size and have the self-belief to do it because you're going up against proprietary companies with much heavier, much more expensive technologies yeah. and 50 sales guys and 100 consultants. It, it's it's a challenge, but really, I, I think good software always wins in the end. But yeah, it's technology. It's, it's technology. It's technology that's actually and it's community. It's not just the technology. It's it's open source technology that's heavily used. Yeah. And once you get widespread adoption, it becomes solid. Mm-hmm. It becomes to solve all the use cases you need, and then eventually it grows to be powerful enough to do uh, what large enterprises like the FAA. So 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 how long have you now been at Red Hat? Is this month four? Is this or month three? Yeah, it's it's fairly short. Yeah. How are you yeah, enjoying it so it's far? It's pretty awesome so far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you really need to get yourself over to Westford and to rally and to, to meet do. the guys over there. The guys in Westford is great because if you have a problem with a, a, a specific thing in satellite, whatever, all of a sudden there's six people around the table, the guys who actually wrote it. Um, but even in Europe, I mean, the guys over in Bruno do a huge amount of software technology, some great yeah. guys over there. And it, it's a really cool company to work for. a couple of weeks. I know, 
yeah, so am I. I was going there with you. For, oh, are you, awesome. Are you going for that developer weekend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheap we Czech have a beverage. We will awesome. have a beverage or two. Awesome. I was just over at Fosdem in Belgium um, on Saturday and Sunday. More good beer. More good beer, except I was working, so I didn't get a chance. I was recording podcasts all weekend. <sighs> but I, I was reminded how old I am in the respect that the first ever Fosdem in 2001, I gave the opening keynote. And then I closed it with my then boss, Jeremy Anderson from Samba and Richard Stallman. And there's photos of me age 28 because I was 40 on Monday. So it's just like, just like this coming of age. Nothing that, wrong with being 40. No, nothing wrong with being 40 at all. I did it with grace. My wife's 31. I was reminded you're only as old as a woman you feel. So yeah, I'm going backwards. But the whole point of when you work at Red Hat is that you're part of a family of software people who are passionate about what they do yeah. and that no problem seems to be too big to try and tackle. Yeah. Um, especially the JBoss guys who don't know when to stop, really. But um, I'm really grateful that you're on board. I'm grateful you've taken the time today to do this podcast, oh, James. It's been an absolute pleasure. Talk Thank to you, you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.